Welcome, everyone. You're listening to Truth in Christ Radio, a Bible teaching radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Rochester with Senior Pastor Rob Kellogg. See, God is not interested in fixing your outside circumstances so much because from within you, he begins, deep within you, in your very heart of hearts. He gets right down to the, the cause of the problem. He doesn't put a Band-Aid on anything. He gets right to the cause if you let him. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. Isn't that the idea? It doesn't mean that you can work it out in the sense of doing it by yourself. No, what he has already done in here, it's going to manifest itself out in very practical, visible means. Let it happen. Ask for it. Say, Lord, help me to do this. May the word of God take a hold of my life. Welcome, folks, to Truth in Christ Radio. Today, Pastor Rob continues in 1 Peter chapter 2. We learn that the milk of the Word is fed to us in the beginning as new believers, which is meant to lead us towards maturity. Anyone who has tasted the grace of God through His Word knows the power that lies within it. When we accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior, God sends us His promised Holy Spirit to guide us in our walk with Christ. And while we walk with him, he begins to change us from the inside out. And now, if you have your Bible handy, please turn to 1 Peter chapter 2, and let's follow along with Pastor Rob. Whole attitude, your worldview will change dramatically as you read the Word of God. All of a sudden, everything else is like pale in comparison. What did God say about his Word? He said, isn't my Word like a hammer? What is the chaff to the wheat? The chaff is the refuse. That's the things of the world. The information that we can take in, the books that we can read, that's like the chaff. What is the chaff to the wheat? The wheat, the grain, the full word of God. That is what changes you. That's what keeps you. Jesus keeps you, and he keeps you in and through his word by being obedient to it. In Ephesians chapter 5, it says this, uh, Paul speaking to husbands, he says, Husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her, that he might sanctify, and here it is, cleanse her with the washing of the water by the word, the pure milk of the word. We are to cleanse our wives, men, in the word. We are to pray with them. We are to wash ourselves in the word, every one of us. Desire the pure milk of the word that you may grow thereby. That word milk um, literally means gala. It's kind of fun, isn't it? The pure work, the pure milk of the word, the, 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 the word pure is, or I'm sorry, the word milk is gala. And it's, it's a metaphor for less difficult Christian truths, the very basics of Christianity. That, that's what the milk of the word is, just the very basic things. To know that there was a virgin birth, to know that we have sinned and come short of the glory of God. To know that 
God didn't leave us in that state, but uh, he came through the Virgin Mary. And Jesus lived for 33 years and then finally was put to death on the cross. Three days later, he rose again. And then he was on the earth for 40 days. And then he ascended from the Mount of Olives. And he ever lives to make intercession for us. And he's coming back in a day very soon. These are the very tenets of the faith that he died on the cross for us. Those are, that's the milk of the word. And it's okay because when you're an infant, you need the milk. And Peter acknowledges that these were young believers and that they should take in the pure milk of the word. And you know, growing is a process. It takes time. And if you're like me, sometimes I get impatient in the process. I just want to get from point A to point B. And, you know, is there a shot that I can take? Is there a pill that I can take? Is there a diet that I can undergo to get me from here to there quickly? And the answer is no. God could have created robots and just said, you know what, I'm just going to make you perfect. (laughs) And then where would the love be? A robot doesn't have a choice to love, but a person who has a will and has the ability to choose between good or evil, the ability to choose between my way or God's way, and I choose God's way and I, I listen to him, that is where true love really is. It's a choice. It goes way beyond the fireworks of the flesh goes way beyond beauty. I've said this before. I, one of the greatest examples of, of love that I've seen, other than Jesus on the cross, obviously that was the best, but I've heard of Joni Erickson Tata. She's um, a quadriplegic, um, and she, uh, she can't move. And her husband, what a wonderful man this is. I mean, he, uh, a number of times during the night he has to turn her over. He has to flip her over on her side so she doesn't have problems. And he does that. He's been doing it for years. That is love. Not even thinking of himself. Is he inconvenienced? Yes. Was Jesus inconvenienced? <laughs> Being one with the Father and then coming down to earth to be born in the, in the likeness of human flesh and then to not be uh, taken seriously and to be ridiculed and to be uh, crucified ultimately? Do you think that was easy for the Son of God to go through that? And then to hang on the cross while all the demon hordes in the invisible realm were just standing there. And all the, all the physical things that Jesus went through were pale in comparison to what was happening spiritually because it says in the Bible that God cannot look upon sin. And there was a moment where God turned his back on his son as he became the atonement for our sin, for every sin of mankind. And can you imagine the party in hell and the devil? It makes you wonder... Because I'm weird, I think these things. What did the devil get right up in his face while Jesus was about to take his last breath and saying, I defeated you. You're done. Mocking him. Telling him of his worthlessness. But the devil doesn't know everything. Because three days later, he rose in victory and crushed the head of the serpent. And he's going to do it one day. For a season now, we see things evil but there's coming a time when it's all going to come to an end. And guess what, brethren? You're going to be there and see it. But growing is a process, and God, he is in that process. And we don't like growing because there are no shortcuts. We go through growing pains. Kids go through growing pains when they're growing up physically. You know, we go through growing pains spiritually too. You know, but desire the sincere milk of the word. You know, the Lord gave me an interesting analogy about the physical and spiritual parallel of this idea of the pure milk of the word. 
I was looking up, you know, pure milk, and I was thinking about an infant and, and its mother, and I found this, um, and it's about the benefits of breastfeeding your baby. And just bear with me for a minute, because this will uh, translate into what I'm going to be sharing here. It says, breast milk provides the ideal nutrition for infants. It has nearly perfect mix of vitamins, protein, and fat, everything your baby needs to grow. And it's all provided in a form more easily digestible than infant formula. Breast milk contains antibodies that help your baby fight off viruses and bacteria. Breastfeeding lowers your baby's risk of having asthma or allergies. Plus, babies are who are breastfed exclusively for the first six months without any formula have fewer ear infections, respiratory illnesses, and bouts of diarrhea. They also have fewer hospitalizations and trips to the doctor. Breastfeeding has been linked to higher IQ scores in later children in some studies. And what's more, the physical closeness, the skin-to-skin touching, and eye contact all help your baby bond with you and feel secure. Breastfed infants are more likely to gain the right amount of weight as they grow rather than become overweight children. The AAP says breastfeeding also plays a role in the prevention of sudden infant death syndrome. It's been thought to lower the risk of diabetes, obesity, and certain cancers as well, but more research is needed. And the idea is the pure milk of the word. You know, uh, and and again, there are some ladies who can't breastfeed their child and they can't give them the pure milk of the word, and, and that happens, right? And there's nothing wrong with that. So ladies, don't feel condemned about this if you weren't able to breastfeed your child. But those of you who can, you know, you do that because you know that that's the right thing to do. And God all along knew exactly what he was doing. And that milk for your baby has got everything in it that that child needs. Did God know that or was it just a mistake? Somehow it just evolved. Give me a break. (laughs) He knows what he's doing, right? And the same thing spiritually. You know, formula, if you think of it, is mixed with other things. It's not the pure, unadulterated milk. It's mixed with other things. And it's the next best thing. If, if a mother can't breastfeed its child, it's the next best thing, and it's not bad. But the best is if, she, if that child can breastfeed. Getting the pure milk of the word. Everything is in it. Everything is there. It is the pure thing. And spiritually, That is what we need, too, when we think of our spiritual walk. You know, what are you mixing in with your life? What's mixing in with your Christianity? Are they unadulterated? Are they unmixed? What are you mixing in with your diet of the Word of God? Because it is important. It's really important. What magazines are you reading? What music are you listening to? What movies are you watching? What social media platforms are you indulging in? And and what comment section are you looking at at the bottom of certain websites where, uh, for some reason, humanity just has this unrestrained um, faucet of filth that just comes out? Have you read some of those comments? You you, you probably got the the idea that I'm really not excited about this because I feel like uh, it's been something I've mentioned a lot, but it's something that is common. And if you're not careful, it can really create a problem in you. But God is very concerned about these things. Are you desiring the pure milk of the word, unmixed? In Jeremiah chapter 2, verse 13, Jeremiah, God, through Jeremiah, was speaking to the Jews in Jerusalem, and he says, My people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me, the fountain of living waters, and they've hewn themselves cisterns, broken cisterns that can hold no water. A cistern was just a basin that would collect rainwater, and they would use it for cooking, cleaning, drinking. 
But do we, we don't want to forsake God, right? We don't want to forsake his word because all it really is, anything else that we go to as a crutch to, to satisfy that need, other than going to God first, it is a broken cistern. It is a broken cistern. Television and books, they can be broken cisterns if that's where you're getting your, your fulfillment, your desire fulfilled. But there are many things in our culture that are filthy and adulterated. They're mixed. And it brings confusion and it brings delusion to the heart. And it challenges and is in direct opposition to the word of truth. That's why it's important. That's why it's important to take in the milk. Milk is for newborns. And it's, we were all newborns at once and we needed the milk of the word. If you're a new believer today, you need to know the foundational truths of the word of God. And then after you have those foundational truths, then you go on and you start eating pizza and you start eating uh, porterhouse steak with fried shrimp on the side. You know, an infant, first it eats the mother's milk, the pure milk, and then it goes on to maybe the Gerber, the softer things. And before long, you're feeding it, you're feeding your child, you know, uh, mashed potatoes and they're smearing it all over everything, (laughs) sticking it in their hair, putting it in their diapers, rubbing it all over the place. Then finally, they have corn on the cob for the first time. But it takes time. The diet changes. We go from a place of, of infancy. God wants to bring us to a place of maturity. And it is a process. There's nothing wrong with being an infant in Christ. That's a most sweet time, actually. I remember being there, you know, just loving the word. In Hebrews chapter 5, the author said this in verse 12. It says, For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the first principles of the oracles of God. And you have come to need milk and not solid food. Paul, I believe, who wrote this epistle was saying, You guys have need of, of milk again. You should be further along in your development here, but there's something wrong. Something has stunted your growth. And now you need milk again. And there's nothing wrong with that, but it's not natural. What's natural is sin. Sin is very natural. You don't have to do anything to to live and walk in sin. But he says, "You You came to need milk and not solid food. For everyone who partakes only of milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. But solid food belongs to those who are of full age. That is, those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. In 1 Corinthians chapter 3, Paul says this to the Corinthians. Now, this culture was completely uh, in the flesh. Corinth at this time was a, excuse me, it was a haven for the flesh. And the Christians who were in that time period were struggling because they lived in an environment that was just completely consumed by the flesh. And we're not impervious to those things, are we? As newborn Christians, the greatest place for you to be is around believers. That's why fellowship, that's why Paul uh, would say, don't forsake the assembling of each other. Because when we're together, we build each other up. But if you're out in some place dabbling in places and in other places where you shouldn't be, your resolve is going to get weakened. It's going to chip away like water on sandstone. And pretty soon, everything that you thought you had was going to start to erode away. Have you ever seen... Water on sandstone, over a long period of time, it just digs a hole right through it and can go down several feet and even right through it. And see, God wants you not to live that way. 
So don't forsake the assembling of each other. Get together at each other's houses. Have each other over for dinner. Make cakes and pies and cookies and fancy drinks. Fried shrimp and filet mignon. He says, and I, brethren, he says, I could not speak to you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal. They, they, they should have been stronger than where they were at. But he says, you know, you guys are, you're not where you should be. He says, verse 2, I have fed you with milk and not with meat. For hitherto you were not able to bear it, neither are you now able. For you are yet carnal. It's okay to be an infant, but the very natural process of an infant is to grow. Pretty soon you're not in diapers anymore. Pretty soon you're in pull-ups, running around the house, putting your forks in electric sockets, playing with glass and serpents. (laughs) Then you grow up. Now you're in pants with the stretchy waistband (laughs) and Oshkosh-Bagosh shirt. Maybe that's too late for that. But you get the idea. It's very natural to grow. The diet changes perceptions change, our mind changes. God wants to grow us up. And he's speaking to these young believers, saying, you guys are desire the sincere milk of the word. Get into the word. Desire it. Love it. And he goes on to verse 3 here, back in First uh, Peter chapter 2. He says, If indeed you have tasted that the Lord is gracious. The Lord is gracious. In Psalm 34 it says this, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. And blessed is the man who trusts in him. Taste and see. And I would even encourage you to go beyond that. You know, when you put something in your mouth and you taste it, you don't always have to swallow, do you? But you put it in your mouth and you taste it and you're like, you know, that's good. I'm going to swallow now. And I'm going to have some more of that. Right? That's the idea. You get it in there in your mouth and you taste it and you see that the Lord is good. And then you swallow it. You take it down into your innermost being where it takes root takes root. It changes you. See, God is not interested in fixing your outside circumstances so much because from within you, he begins. Deep within you, in your very heart of hearts, he gets right down to the the cause of the problem. He doesn't put a Band-Aid on anything. He gets right to the cause if you let him. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. Isn't that the idea? It doesn't mean that you can work it out in the sense of doing it by yourself. No, what he has already done in here, it's going to manifest itself out in very practical, visible means. Let it happen. Ask for it. Say, Lord, help me to do this. May the word of God take a hold of my life and just let it be coming out through every pore of my body my speech, my actions, the things I think of. In Psalm 34, I already read that, excuse me, in Psalm 119, verses 103, it says, How sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth. And through your precepts I get understanding, therefore I hate every false way. Do you hate every false way? Do you desire the pure milk of the word? I love the fact that the Bible claims that it is that. Because it's the only thing in this world, folks, the only thing, that you can pick it up and you can say, you know what, this belongs to God. This is his word to me, and I can trust it. I can put my total confidence in it. I can bet my life on it, my eternity on this. You have to believe that. Because if you don't, someone will convince you otherwise. And the Holy Spirit is all about convincing you. 
He convinced me long ago. And there is no doubt in my mind that this is the only thing that is pure on this earth. The only thing. So if that is the truth, then the impetus is on me then to get to know this. Because when I read this, I get to know him. And I get to know who I am and the great gulf that's between us and the fact that Jesus Christ is the mediator. He is, he is the one that we have to... Jesus said, no man comes unto the Father except through me. There's only one way to, to God the Father, and that's through Christ. No other way. No other way. You're not going to get it through Muhammad. You're not going to get it through Buddha. You're not going to get it through anything else. Only through Christ. And you know what? Taste and see that the Lord is good. And you know, when you have been the beneficiary of the Lord's grace and mercy, you are changed forever. I like the idea, there's a phrase I heard, ruined by grace. You know, normally when we think of ruin, it's, it's something in a derogatory way. But I've been ruined by grace. I'll never be the same. The world has no hold on me any longer. Hopefully not. <laughs> it may have tentacles that it reaches out to, and God is just wanting to chop those things off. Are you ruined by his grace? Is there anything more adorable, anything that's captured your heart more than the grace of God? Because when you experience the grace of God, and the grace is when you receive something that you could not deserve, it's unmerited favor. You didn't merit it at all. You didn't do anything to deserve it. He just says, I love you, and I'm going to give you everything. All you have to do is believe. All you have to do is believe in the one Savior, Jesus Christ. His name even means God's salvation. Believe in me, he says. No longer then, when you've experienced that grace, are you going to practice sin? And you may fall into it occasionally, but you know what? what? What does a child of God do when he falls into sin? He doesn't throw up his hands and say, I knew this wouldn't work, I'm going to Buddha. No, he says, God, forgive me for I have sinned. This is what I've done. God, I confess it. Please forgive me. And then you have to hold the promise that you are forgiven. Do you believe that promise and walk away from that, knowing that God chooses to forget it? By what? Your good works? No, by the blood of Christ. That's how powerful it is. You can walk away restored in your fellowship with him as if it had never happened. And see, to me, if I can grasp that kind of grace, that changes everything in my life. It changes my worldview because there's, no, there's nothing like that in the world. You mess up in the world, and they'll fire you. They'll kick you out. They'll, have your, they'll take your pass from you and have your stuff all boxed up by the door and escort you out with a security guard. But God says, you know what? You messed up. I love you. You confess it to me. It's done. There may be some consequences as a result of this, son, daughter. But I love you, and you're bound for heaven regardless. Because you put your faith in me, Jesus. That will set you in a whole different mind. Let this mind be in you, who is in Christ Jesus, who thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but humbled himself, became obedient, even unto death, even the death of the cross. Going on to verse 4 here, in 1 Peter chapter 2, he says, Coming to him as to a living stone, rejected indeed by men, but chosen by God and precious. You also, as living stones, notice, there's a living stone, and then you also are living stones, are being built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood, to offer up physical sacrifices, 
Pigs? No, not pigs. Cows? Lambs? No. Spiritual sacrifices. There's no longer any need to have a sacrificial system. Christ died once and for all. There's no need for any of that any longer. I'm sorry, that's all the time we have for today. But please join us next time when Pastor Rob continues our study in 1 Peter. Calvary Chapel of Rochester is located at 2503 Browncroft Boulevard, Rochester, New York, 14625. You can reach us at our church office between 9 a.m. and 4 p.m. Monday through Friday at area code 585-586-3140. If you would like to have an audio CD of today's message mailed to you in its unedited form, simply mention today's date when contacting our church office. And that number again is 585-586-3140. You can also contact us via the web by logging on to www.calvaryrochester.com. There you will be able to access a number of useful things such as information concerning our beliefs, ministry and contact information, our location and service times, and much more. You can even download the radio and sanctuary messages in MP3 format free of charge from the resources link. To listen to Calvary Chapel of Rochester Sanctuary Messages or Truth in Christ Radio on your mobile device, just subscribe to both through Google Play or Apple Podcast. We are so glad that you could join us today, and if there is any way that we could bless you in your walk with Jesus Christ, please don't hesitate to call our church office. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And for this cause, I have come into the world that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. May God bless you in abundance today as you walk with him. And until next time, this has been Truth in Christ.